Well, good evening, church. Lovely to be with you. Lovely to see so many people here on a uh, wonderful evening. Um, as Pastor said, I'm going to be speaking about the power of praise. But before, just to uh, ask for your prayers. I mean, it's been an extremely busy year. I've been in full-time ministry for about seven years now, part-time for 12 years before that. And um, this year, wow, I mean, starting off in January, going to Ukraine, where it was minus 26 Celsius and snow was three foot deep. And then traveling to other places like Nepal with Russ and uh, off to the Channel Islands, um, Estonia. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Brazil. Uh, got some of these leaflets. I think they're outside uh, of the mission to Brazil. Uh, my contact details are on the back. So if you want to keep in touch, you know, uh, just email me. Um, although my website has been revamped, so I may not get the emails for a few days, I'm told, by my uh, web developer. Uh, as well as all of that, I've been on uh, Christian television a few times, TVN in Europe and uh, Christian television in Brazil and uh, last weekend, I was on the radio, Cornerstone Christian Radio in, in Blackpool, and I've got a few more radio stations and TV stations that want me to minister next year. So, and next year, I mean, it starts with a bang. You know, the first Saturday, I think it's the 4th of January, I'm speaking at a men's breakfast, and I've got a few Sunday meetings. And at the end of January, I'm in, uh, where am I, Malawi? And then in February, I'm in Zambia. And then I've got Tanzania in April and a few other countries. Kind of diary for next year is almost full already. So it's, uh, you know, it's wonderful to be so busy. But I can't always remember where I'm going. You know, I need a diary. I actually need someone to help me. You know, to kind of run the diary for me and tell me what I'm doing. So that's, that's me. That's what I do. And uh, it's wonderful to preach the gospel, to see people saved and healed, but also I take great joy in seeing the Word of God unfolded to the church so the church can get deep into the Word and be set free. Because, you know, the Word of God will, will set us free when we know, you know, it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said in John 17 that His Word is truth. So it's his word that sets us free. If we know the word, we can get set free. But if we don't know the word, we can be in trouble. So this evening, I want to speak about the power of praise. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures tonight. I'm not going to make any apology for that, but I, I hope you've got Bibles or, you know, phones with Bible apps on. You know, I was in one church. And um, there was a whole load of young people. And I said, you know, get your Bibles out and turn to such and such. And they all got their phones out. And I'm thinking, you know, are, are they on Facebook or sending a text or something? You know, of course, they've got, I mean, I've got them on my phone. I've got an app for the Bible on my phone. Matthew chapter 21. Don't forget, we're speaking about the power of praise. Matthew 21. And verse 16 says this. And Jesus said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, 
Have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Now I'm reading from the King James, so your version may be different. The New King James is on the screen there. But it doesn't matter. We'll get to the same place in the end. Now Jesus was actually quoting from the Old Testament here. He was quoting from Psalm 8 and verse 2. So let's have a look at Psalm 8 and verse 2 and see what that says. Psalms chapter 8 and verse 2 says this. Psalm 8 verse 2. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength. That's what it says. Thou hast ordained strength. Now hang on a minute. Didn't we just read in Matthew 21, 16, Jesus said, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Jesus said praise. But here, his quote from Psalm 8, 2 says, Thou hast ordained strength. Did Jesus get something wrong? Quite clearly, it says strength. But Jesus said praise. No, Jesus didn't get it wrong. What Jesus was saying is that praise is strength. You know, I can see the measure of someone's faith by their level of praise. When things start to go wrong, and we can all praise God when things are going right, can't we? You know, if you've got money in the bank, we feel healthy in our bodies, we've got a roof over our head, plenty of food, we can all praise God because we're happy. But when things go bad, when things go wrong, when the roof caves in and so on and so forth, when you've lost your money, lost your job, got sickness in your body, do you praise God as much then? Do you praise God more or do you not bother praising God at all or are you just sitting there and moaning at God, that sort of thing? Sadly, that's what a lot of people do. God, why have you let this happen to me? Why is this happening? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Lord. You are wonderful and singing and praising God. You know, when I had fibromyalgia for years, I would praise God. I would get up in the morning and I would sing. Even though I could hardly move, I would sing and I would praise God. You know, the measure of your faith can be seen in your levels of praise, particularly when things are going wrong. This is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 21, 16. Praise is strength. Now in Psalm 8, 2, it says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Hast thou ordained strength, listen, because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Praise is great because it stills the enemy. In other words, we can have victory over the devil through our praise. Praise is spiritual warfare. Sometimes we say we need to pray. Well, yes, you do need to pray, but sometimes you need to praise. Praise releases Faith like nothing else. You see, the devil wants to steal, kill and destroy, doesn't he? He wants to take our life, and if he can't take our life, he wants to take everything from us to make us totally ineffective for the kingdom of God. And if he can make us totally ineffective, he has a measure of victory. But he hates us praising God. This is why 
We've just read in Psalm 8.2. Praise is strength against the enemy. Why? No need to turn there. But in Isaiah chapter 14, you know, it, it tells us quite clearly that the devil desired praise. The devil wanted to set himself up level with God to receive the praises of the angels. He wanted to raise himself up. His pride took him to an elevated status that he wasn't entitled to. Remember when the devil tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter 4? He said, if you bow down and worship me. You see, he just wants us to worship him. We see that right at the very beginning, his pride, his sin, was to receive the worship that wasn't due to him. And now, 2,000 years ago, uh, when Jesus was in the wilderness, the same. He wants to receive the praises of people. So when we start to praise God, when we start to praise God, particularly when things are going wrong, he hates us praising God because he wants to receive that. It's a little bit like kryptonite to Superman. You know, it, it stills him, it stops him, it makes him ineffective. And when we start praising God, the devil hates it because he doesn't like us praising God because it reminds him of his fall. It reminds him of what he couldn't have, what he wanted, what he desired, and then he was cast out of heaven. So when we praise God, it's a reminder to him that he's defeated. Yeah? This is why it tells us in Psalm 8 too that strength, praise, stills the enemy. It stops the devil from working in our lives. Let's turn to Second Chronicles and chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Now a little bit of background to this. This is the time of the dedication of Solomon's temple. You can read all of that. Uh, in fact, chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us that this is the time when Solomon's temple was finished. And in verse 13 and 14, 2 Chronicles 5, verses 13 and 14, it says, And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one. Now, we're going to be coming back to this quite a bit throughout the next half hour or so. As the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then, then, when? When they were as one, when they were praising God, the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You see what's happening here? When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Yeah. When the praises go up to God, God sends His blessings down. So if we want to be blessed, we need to start praising God and praising Him more. Psalm 34 and verse 1 says that we should praise God at all times. Not just when things go right, but at all times. Like I said before, we can always praise God when we're happy. Someone's given you a new car. Someone's given you some money. 
you know, you got the promotion that you want or whatever it is. When you've had that good news, we can praise God. But what happens when things don't go well? Do we praise God? Let's have a look at a few examples in the Bible of people who praise God in the difficult times. We're in Second Chronicles, so let's go to chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 22. It says, and when they had begun to sing and praise. Now, let me give you some background here. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, there are three armies coming against Jehoshaphat's army. Okay, so Jehoshaphat is, is the king of, of, of Judah. Uh, he's a godly king. He's got the Jews with him, the Israelites with him. But three armies, three giant armies are coming to attack. Now initially, a little bit of fear comes in. So he decides to proclaim a fast. Everybody fasts and they seek God. And God tells them what to do. God says, go out and praise me. So, let's get back to verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. They were smitten. They were defeated. What happened? The praises went up, and the blessings came down. Yes? Let's look at this again. And when they began to sing, not before, when they began to sing, in other words, when the praises went up, the blessings came down, and the blessings were that the Israelites didn't have to fight. The three armies, somehow God caused confusion and the three armies attacked each other and defeated each other. And the Israelites were just praising God. You see, praise puts God on the front line. Isn't that tremendous? We don't have to go out and fight. That's why it says the battle is the Lord's. Why is the battle the Lord's? Because we start to praise. Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Do you need a blessing tonight? Do you need health in your body? Do you need a job? Do you need uh, marriage to be restored or whatever? Stop praising God. Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Something very similar happens in 2 Kings. Let's go to 2 Kings and chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 14. Again, you know, the armies are coming and it says, so we're in 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 14, and Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, I would not look toward the North City. Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came Upon him. What was happening? The praises were going up and the blessings were coming down. The blessings in this instance were wisdom. What to do in the situation. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk and chapter 3. 
Habakkuk, I mean, this is one bad day now. If you read in Habakkuk chapter, this guy did not have a good day. Uh, verse 17, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. You see, the praises were going up. So that the blessings could come down. He was having a bad day. I mean, if we, if we were to modernize verse 17, it's like, even though I lost my job, even though I lost my house, even though all my kids went off, even though this happened and that happened, I'm still gonna praise God. You know, I'm on Facebook and I know many people are on Facebook and sometimes I, I cringe when I look at it. People saying, Oh, I've had a terrible day, and this has happened, and the boss said this, and I missed the bus, and I got wet waiting for the bus, and this, that, and the I've had a terrible day. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you're a believer. Where's Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 manifesting in your life? Even though all of these things happen, I will. It is a choice to praise the Lord. I make a decision regardless to praise God. And we can. I, I mean, I told you about having fibromyalgia, praising God. Our, our kids, all of our kids are all grown up now, but they all went through the Christian Fellowship School. And uh, I worked there for a number of years as well. But when we wanted to send them there, there was no space. They couldn't go. What did we do? I started to praise God. I rejoice to say thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way where there seems to be no way. That's the time. Remember that Don Moen song that was really popular way back then? And then, of course, the devil knows when you're having bad news how to compound things, doesn't he? We got a letter from the local education authority basically threatening us to say, you need to send your kids to the local school, otherwise you're in trouble. Plus, my wife was upset and it gave us a deadline. Uh, which was two weeks away. So uh, I said to my wife, I said, praise God, that's wonderful. I said, that means God is going to answer our prayer in two weeks. Let's start praising him. So we start praising God together. Do you know what? Within two weeks, we had a phone call. Mr. Duckworth, I don't know how this has happened, but there's a place for your kids in the school. You know, how did it happen? Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 16. Let's have a look at a, a New Testament example. Acts chapter 16. Now again, the background for this. Paul and Silas had been preaching the gospel. And now they were arrested because of it. They were in prison. They'd been beaten. They're in, in stocks, in chains. And we pick this up in Acts Chapter 16, verse 25, it says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, 
there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. You see again, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. They were set free. They'd been beaten. They hadn't had any food. They were in chains, sitting bent over with their arms stretched out, manacled. Blood dripping down their back. Tired, cold, hungry. And yet they start to praise God. Wow. What an example for us, hey church? You know, if they can start praising God at the most difficult times, I'm sure we can if things start going wrong. We will see the blessings of God. We are people of praise. We were created to praise Him. Let's go to Psalm 150. I love Psalm 150. Do you know, this past week, I don't know how many hours I've had my Bible out studying this subject. And I've been getting all my Greek books out and all of my Hebrew books out. And I've just kind of had them all over the place and studied. I don't know. Anyone love really getting deep down into the Word, getting all your study books out and having a look? No, a few nods. Well, praise God. If you don't like that, you're not going to like this message because we're going to go deeper into the Word of God now because it's important. It's important. Why? Because it sets us free. The Word of God sets us free. If we know it, it will set us free. Um, the Bible tells us that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Hopefully you found Psalm 150 now. And it starts off, it says, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Now listen to this. Praise Him with the sound, the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Voices aren't mentioned, just instruments here. And then in verse 6 it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We can praise God with just music. We don't need our voices to praise God. You know, recently since I've come back from Brazil, as I've been meditating on the scriptures, I've been putting on this um, soaking music. That's really big in Brazil, soaking music. And it's just instrumental kind of worship music. No voices, just instrumental. And, and it lasts for, you know, two or three hours. And I'm sitting there just meditating, reading the scriptures, praying. And I'm just receiving from God. Why? Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And for me, the blessings is knowing what to teach. So as I've been praising God this week, God has been giving me these things to teach. Now, I want you to notice this. This was a, a real revelation and blessing to me. But it's so simple and it's so obvious when you hear it. You think, oh yeah. But, but it was great when I received it. You know, every instrument that we have, they're played either by touch or by 
flowing by breathing into them. Yeah. You look at the piano, you touch it. The harp, you touch it. The trombone, you blow into it. The trumpet, you blow into it. Every instrument that we have played by touch, by breath. Adam's creation, Genesis chapter 2. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to give you a little bit of a Hebrew lesson. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It says this, And the Lord God formed man, that's Adam, out of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Notice how God created Adam. It says, And God formed the man. Formed is the Hebrew word yatsar. And yatsar is, is a verb to mold out of clay. That's the example given. A, a potter with the clay just forming it into shape. That's what yatsar is. So when it says it, uh, again in verse 7, And the Lord God yatsar created, formed, shaped to perfection the man. And then he did what? Breathed the breath of life. You see how we were created? How Adam was created? Touch and breath. Just like every instrument. Touch, breath. That's why we are people of praise. Isaiah 43. Told you we're going through a lot of scriptures. It's important though. Isaiah 43. I know it's probably too many to write down. You'll have to buy the tape. Don't do tapes now, do they? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 21 says this. Isaiah 43, 21. This people have I formed, Yatsa, for myself. They shall show forth my praise. You know, we are formed, Yatsa, created to praise God. You see, we're molded and we've got the breath of God in us that we can lift our hands and open our mouths. And let the breath of God come out in the form of praise. You see, when we praise him, he turns up. If you want God to turn up, start praising him. Don't beg, oh God, why? No, praise him. Praise him. Praise is a wonderful sign of a release of our faith. When we start praising God, it's a release of our faith. Let's have a look at the New Testament. We're, we're say, nearly finished. I don't know. It depends. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Pentecost. Pentecost. We've had a little Hebrew lesson, so let's have a little Greek lesson now. You know, I, I love... I'm, I'm, I've got dozens of Greek and Hebrew books at home, and I just love getting them out. One of the problems with being so busy now and traveling so much is I'm not at home. And, and I don't always have two or three hours just to get the books out and turn this over and look at this book and say, oh, but I, I just love, absolutely love doing that. And, um, you know, I told you, didn't I, why, why I love, one of the times I've been here in the past, did I tell you why I love the Word of God and, and why I, I teach it with the passion I teach it with? Did I tell you about when I got saved in Jerusalem? No? No. When I got saved in Jerusalem... And I went back to my room, which was an upper room. And when I went, I read my Bible. And I went to sleep. 
And in the middle of the night, there was a wind that came in my room and woke me up. And I just knew it was God. So I said, God, is this you? And the Lord said, yes, this is me. And I've been reading the Bible. And I've been a Christian for less than 12 hours at this time. The next morning, you know, sort of 20 hours after giving my life to Jesus, I met the Christians who told me all about Jesus. And I said, you know me. I'm not crazy. But the Bible is real. Uh, and I said, yeah, no. I said, well, God spoke to me after I've been reading the Bible. And he said, there was a wind in my room, and I knew it was God. And they took me to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, about the wind. And I said, that's what happened to me. I said, I'm in Jerusalem. My room is an upper room. There was a wind, and it was God. And they're saying, yes, Paul. I've been a Christian 20 hours at this time, and I'd experienced Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 for myself, personally, in Jerusalem. And then I knew that everything in this was true. I didn't know it. didn't know any of it. But I knew it was all true. And I knew, don't ask me how, I just knew that one day I would be teaching from this book because I knew the truth of this book before I'd read it. And I just knew, I knew I'll be traveling all around the world teaching from this book. So this is real to me, particularly this passage. And even though I've been a Christian 35 years now, you know, I, I, I'm looking at something just in the week that was totally new to me. I think, thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, in all with one accord in one place. Now this word accord in the Greek is, is, is the Greek word homothumadon, which means, well homo is, is same in Greek, and thumadon means breathing hard with a passion. In other words, it means the same passionate breath. What were they doing? They were praising God. They weren't just sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for something to happen. No, they were praising God. That's what accord means. The word accord is also a musical term from the Latin accordo. And accordo in Latin means to be of one heart. The Latin word cor, C-O-R, means heart. That's where we get like corpsbom and cordial. A cordial meeting, the heart-to-heart meeting. All comes from this. And then in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 2 it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. A sound from heaven. I looked that up in the Greek. That word sound is the Greek word echos. Where we get our English word echo from. You look at the definition of echo, it is a reflected sound. So, Let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a reflected sound from heaven. Reflected from what? What we've just seen in verse 1. They were all with one accord. They were all praising God together. And when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And the blessing here is the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. It filled the house where they were 
sitting. First Kings chapter 18, there's no need to, to turn there, but in First Kings chapter 18, we know the story, Elijah is on Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, uh, there was about 850, 950 of them, and they tried to get fire to fall from heaven. Nothing happened. All day they were trying, nothing happened. Then it tells us that Elijah prepared the altar. Now I wish I had time just to go into everything uh, about exactly what Elijah did. But when Elijah built the altar, he did it in accordance with the Mosaic law that's written. And when we see about the water being poured on and cutting of the animal and all this sort of thing, he did it exactly right. And then the fire of God fell, it says in verse 38, so that the people would know that God was God. Again, when the praises went up, the blessings came down. Fire doesn't fall on an empty altar. There needs to be a sacrifice. Hebrews 13.15 tells us to bring a sacrifice of praise. Yes? Can you see how this is fitting together? There's a sacrifice of praise. Fire doesn't fall on an empty altar. There has to be a sacrifice for the fire of God to fall. That sacrifice is the sacrifice of praise. As they were praising God in Acts 2, when the bless, when the praises went up, the blessings came down. This is why the Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, 1, that we are to be living sacrifices. What does that mean, a living sacrifice? It means we are to be praising God as we are living. In other words, we're always to be praising God. And then what happens, the fire of God will fall, or the blessings of God will fall, because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. This is what we see. This is the power of praise. It's, the Bible says in Isaiah 38 and verse 9, and again in Psalms 115 verse 17, it says only the living praise God. He says, the dead do not praise the Lord, neither do those who go down in silence. You know, if we're silent, if we're not praising God, we can't expect the blessings of God to come. That's what the Bible teaches us. So a living sacrifice means that we are to continually praise God. We're to have praises coming out of our lips. Isn't that tremendous? I just think that is wonderful. So when things start to, you know, things start to go wrong in the week, you know, tomorrow when you go into work or Tuesday or Wednesday when you start getting some bad news and whatever it is, what are you going to do? Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. Pastor said we got to praise the Lord. That's what we're going to do. Why? Because God desires that we praise because God wants to bless us. God is our heavenly Father. He wants to bless us. You know, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give to his children? How much, God is a how much more God. All of us who are parents want to give and bless our kids. But God is a how much more God. And he wants to give and give and give and give. But you know what? Praise opens the door. For God to give. 
And as we start praising Him and praising Him, God will bless us. We saw all the examples in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. God wants to bless His people. And this week, as I've been studying this, and I know I've rushed through this because I want us to go into a time of praise. Why? That's, you know, because when I minister, as the praises go up, the blessings come down, yeah? So if you need a blessing of a job, start praising Him. If you need the blessing of healing, start praising Him. If you need the blessing of, of a, of a wife or a husband or a restoration of family, start praising Him. This is what the Bible tells us. As we praise, it just, you know, the devil is defeated and he hates to praise, so the devil goes. It's, it's open for God to pour his blessings upon his people when we praise him. Can we, can we just praise God now? I'm, I'm going to be quiet now. I believe God just wants me to shut up now and we can praise him. <laughs> now, as we're praising God, Yes, we're going to be singing. But I believe that God has spoken to hearts tonight. I believe there's people here and you say, yeah, I've got a sickness and I've prayed and I've asked and I've begged and I've said I've paid my tithes, I've done this, that and the other. God says, I don't want you to do anything or give anything. Just praise. Just open your heart and praise me. And as you praise him, the blessings of God will come down. Can we just stand together, please? And we'll start praising and then... Just come out. When we're praising God, just come out and I'll just pray for you. I won't use the mic. I'll just pray. And then God will come down because as the praises go up, the blessings will come down. We'll sing this song, Come People of the Risen King, who delights to bring him praise. And then he says, Rejoice, rejoice, O Church of God, rejoice. So as we sing that, and uh, for anyone who needs um, prayer, uh, you can come forward to be prayed for.